0: Hello and welcome to the Jill Cruz podcast. This is Jill Cruz. And today I had a wonderful conversation with my friend Fabienne Jaquette. And Fabienne and I discussed innovation and we discussed it from the perspective of masculinity versus femininity and how all of us, whether you're a man, a woman and however you identify, it doesn't matter because we all have feminine and masculine within us and honoring that and trying to work toward balance, right? So certain in certain instances, you might want to bring more of your masculine energy as a woman or as a man, maybe more of your feminine energy and to bring that forth. And not everybody, you know, everybody's different in how much of that they have, But the point is that when it comes to innovation, we want to bring feminine qualities and masculine qualities to the table. And so this is a fascinating conversation. It's not about being a man or a woman. It's about bringing different aspects of yourself to innovating, to creating something new that helps others. And Fabian, she describes what innovation is. She defines it for us. So we start off with that. And then we go into, you know, the masculine versus the feminine, but we also talk about how all of this relates to our health. And because I always want to bring it back to health. And I think for me, it was a very important conversation because so often we get, as women, we kind of cut off part of ourselves. We may minimize the masculine. We may uh, think that we are not able to innovate you know, not have that confidence, right? So I, I really enjoyed this conversation because when when you tap into that part of yourself and you're really, you know, paying attention to who you are and what's important to you and what's your purpose, that leads to better health. That's the beauty of this. Your work, your creativity, your innovation in your life affects your physical and emotional health. Physical and emotional health are basically one and the same, but <laughs> it affects you. So I think this conversation is relevant for anybody who's in the business world or is trying to create new things, you know, whether it's corporate or entrepreneurial, it doesn't matter, a nonprofit, but also for anybody who just, you can be retired and be an innovator. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Enjoy the episode. Hello, Fabian. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Hi, Jill. So
1: happy to be with you.
0: Yes, I'm, I'm happy too, because when I met you and I learned about your book, the book that you wrote and how you talk about innovation, I was immediately interested. And so let's talk about innovation. Let's start with that. And I know there's the concept of the masculine and the feminine in there as well that, of course, we're going to talk about. So let's start with innovation. You said that you could actually define that, which I would be interested in hearing and anything else you want to
1: say about it? Well, innovation, you know, is this black box, and it's very, very intimidating. I realized that when I moved from 30 plus years of innovation in the corporate world Mm -hmm. and, you know, started my own company, Innovive, which is consultancy in innovation based on this uh, feminine energy. And I met with a lot of small businesses. And they were like, "Oh, yeah, innovation. You know, is for these big companies, and you need a lot of money, a lot of resources, and so on." Nope, nope. Anyone can be an innovator. The only thing it takes a lot of passion, persistence, and some skills that I, you know, describe in the book, and especially on the feminine side. So there is there are a lot of definitions. If you Google, you have like a lot of definitions about innovation, but there is one that I like, which is it's something new that brings value, that creates value. And this is very important because something, it can be anything. When we think innovation, we jump to a product, you know, a new uh, Mm -hmm. dish liquid or a new shower gel, but it can be a service like Uber or a business model like Airbnb. It can be a lot of different things. New and newness is also very important because it can be new to the world, like the first vaccine concept, for example, or it can be new to the industry, like the electric car, or it can be new to you to your own business. And this is Mm -hmm. innovation for you. So we have to also understand that it doesn't need to be that big. Right, right. Because the most important is the last word, which is value. And when we think value, because we live in a masculine world where everything is about performance, efficiency, and so on, you think value, you think money. And yes, Mm. of course, it's part of the equation. I will not lie about that. However, value is also far more about the emotions that you feel when you use the innovation and 80% of the decision of the purchasing decisions are made from the emotions only 20% mm-hmm. is really the rational hence the importance to really tap into all this feminine this empathy collaboration intuition nurturing to create innovation that is sustainable respecting mother nature, and also meaningful. We have so many things today in our world that we don't really need, to be honest. And that (laughs) pollute. No, seriously. And they pollute and they create a lot of problems. So instead of creating all these things that we don't need and then say, oh, shoot, you know, now they pollute the world. How can we correct that? Why don't we create innovation from the very beginning that takes into account mother nature? Have um, empathy for her and create something that will not hurt. Yeah.
0: Wow. Gosh, so I, I just kept thinking, well, you could just be a housewife, you know, at home <laughs> with the kids and you could be an innovator, which is something I was a stay-at-home mom for 11 years. I never thought of myself as an innovator at all. I never would have thought of that. but But I was really based on your definition, because I'm doing something new and I'm It's providing value for my family. So even something as simple as that, I love I love it when we can take these these big Scary <laughs> words, and we can own them for ourselves.
1: Absolutely, <laughs> and this is really one part of my mission: is that people are not intimidated anymore, and they they have unique skills. We all have unique skills to bring to this world, and we dismiss that because oh, I'm not good enough. Yeah, you are, and you're right. As a housewife, as a mother, as I, I remember, I um, gave a speech. It was a um, a woman associations, and it was very small businesses, and I made the same comment and we had some exercises and so on, I, I helped them innovate something. And a couple of weeks later, this lady sent me an email saying, oh my God, thank you so much. Because, you know, she had a hair salon and she just changed the tagline and she attracted new clients. And she was okay. like, I couldn't believe it. It's nothing. you said, see, this is something a tagline new because it was new to you and to the neighborhood that brought value to the consumers and to you. See, this is that simple. We overcomplicate things. We overthink. <laughs> innovation is again coming from your emotions, from your guts, and serving the world. Mm. You mentioned earlier how the
0: concept of innovation usually evokes the idea of more masculine concepts, right? Like the bottom line and efficiency, and and those sorts of things. So can you talk about that a little bit? Like, what do women bring? I mean, you already mentioned Mother Earth. So, (laughs) you know, that's, I'm sure there are men who care about Mother Earth, of course. But it sounds, well, explain to me a little bit more about Mm -hmm. the concept of the masculine versus the feminine in what you're trying to do.
1: Okay. And first of all, I want to make sure I don't talk men versus women. It's not a gendered speech. Okay. It's really masculine energy and feminine energy. And this is absolutely critical because as a woman, I have a lot of masculine energy. Uh I was born between two brothers I was a scientist when at that time we didn't have that many girls who were in science and I had to use my masculine energy to survive. And then later in the corporate world, same thing, because it's a world created by men for men with this masculine energy. Nothing wrong. It's just like it's a fact. Now, it's good. It's very efficient. But innovation doesn't really work like that. So a lot of innovation is driven by performance, by all these processes, and we need them. However, especially the innovation process is really going from nothing. You have an idea, you get a prototype, and then you go to a commercial proposition. When you go from the prototype to the commercial proposition, which is the back end of innovation, as we call it, you need all this masculine energy because you need to test. It's it's a lot of decisions making, It's, it's rational, it's logical, and so on. But before, the the maturing phase, the front end where you have nothing and you create a prototype. Here, this is where I think we shortcut this feminine energy to create something again that is meaningful and sustainable. So what I did, I'm a scientist, okay, (laughs) a lot of research, and I listed all the skills that I think or very necessary for the front end of innovation. Mm-hmm. And I, I sorted that through the feminine lens, according to literature and so on. And I came up with, um, and I put in my book, I have this uh, chemical formula, I, I'm a chemist, that uh, says that if you use empathy, plus inclusivity and intuition, gratitude, nurturing, you catalyze that with collaboration. You get an innovation, I have a little heart that resonates with the consumers and a little dollar sign, which is it brings value and it brings money because people buy from emotions. So this is just to encapsulate the fact that innovation, yes, is processes. Yes, you have to learn how to do it, but it's more a mindset mindset. And it's more listening and having empathy and, and listening to our guts because intuition is not like this foo-foo thing, which is very feminine. No, men are as, as intuitive as women. However, mm-hmm. oh, they they hide it because it's not good to be intuitive, okay? It's not serious, which is wrong because in fact, intuition is that when you have a lot of information about something, you let it settle. And then when your brain, and especially, no you know, why in the shower? Why? When you sleep. When, when you do nothing, it comes to you. Because the brain, our brains are fantastic. The brain is doing its work. Mm-hmm. And they are connecting the dots in a unique way because you are unique. Mm. And our brain is a mosaic of these female and, and male patches. And we're totally unique. And we can rewire our brain. We can learn skills. So we have a fantastic tool. And again, anyone can use it. Anyone mm-hmm. can be an innovator. So,
0: wow. Okay. Mm, I love that. Because as you were speaking, I was thinking, okay, well, so it sounds like it would be good if there was a lot of mas- both masculine and feminine energy in any kind of innovative endeavor. And that could come from uh, in a corporate environment where maybe you have more women <laughs> or women have a, more of a voice in in these sorts of projects or whatever that they're doing but also within an, in, an individual how can you yes include or honor maybe right because we probably all have a certain amount of as a woman a certain amount of masculine energy i also consider myself to be to have a lot of masculine energy and it's funny because just totally a side note for a long time i i didn't i was fine with that when i was in my teens and my 20s I mean, i was kind of like you know rough and tumble, like a tomboy. I put that in air quotes because I think it's a silly term. But after I had kids and then I came back into the workforce, I somehow adopted this idea that I had to be much more feminine. I had to pretend that I was much more feminine than I feel. So-called feminine, whatever that meant. And I kind of compromised a part of myself for for many years. And just only in the past summer, since this last summer, the past couple of months, I've, I've been like, you know what? I kind of push down that side of myself. Why did I do that? And I think it was because I thought that other people would judge me. So it was a pre, it was a, a a projection, right? I was projecting on others. So I kind of have taken that down and more embraced my masculinity, my masculine side. Anyway, that's totally a side note. But I wonder if that maybe happens to a lot of people in in all yes. sorts of circumstances. But what you're saying, though, I think is that. As an as an a solopreneur, or as maybe you're someone you're a volunteer and you work in an organization. It doesn't have to be only corporate or entrepreneurs. It could be in any circumstance when you want to innovate. We want to bring our whole selves yes. and not deny certain parts of ourselves.
1: You you're exactly to the point. Is that we're all on the spectrum between masculine and feminine again? We're a unique combination and it's. Our biology, a little bit, but it's more the upbringing and the education. Mm. Girls have to be quiet, boys are adventurous. Excuse my French, Just BS. <laughs> <laughs> I was not quiet at all. I was an explorer. I was curious. I was, I was, and I hate this term tomboy. I'm like you because it's uh, yeah. just like, yeah, you are, no, you are yourself. And my energy, yes, was masculine, but so what? I'm a, I'm a woman, but I have this energy. And again, I'm unique. So to your point, you, you wherever you are, you have to rebalance. And I, I appreciate your narrated, your journey navigating between masculine and feminine, because I say it in the book, I was very masculine. And then I'm 41 years old, I'm not married, of course. I pushed back men with this masculine energy, seriously. And I realized that, well, I have this feminine steering in me that I don't allow to grow and to be seen because to your point, I'm afraid and I have to perform and I have to be tough and I'll really be strong. And suddenly when I started to, thanks to encounters, to to people who guide, guided me there, when I started to reconnect to the feminine, to be more empathetic, collaborative and vulnerable and admit that I was not invincible, then suddenly things started to change and I attracted different people. And I met my husband and we've been happy for 22 years. So you never know, you never know what can happen in life. But what is for sure is that being centered is good. And, you know, yes, I reconnected the feminine, but believe me, I have my masculine. I remember I was giving a workshop. And at one point in the workshop, I asked the participants to share something masculine and feminine, and I have some traits on the on the screen. So people start to, to talk and I couldn't stop them. So I was like, please, okay, let's reopen. Nobody listened. And you had a lot of men in the audience, by the way. So I went in the middle of the room where there was an empty table and I put like my puff, <laughs> my fist on it, I said, okay, now we move on. They looked at me and said, see, sí? I can use my masculine energy if I want. <laughs> been laughed, but it's no but it's true you you have circumstances when you need to use it and some or you 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 don't need to and this is the entire thinking behind this innovation process where you need both at certain times and you need to dial that up and down according to the project according to the culture of the enterprise and so on so it's very it's tailored it's not like one size fits all I say oh, okay I use this no it depends on a lot of things, what you innovate, who you innovate for. Again, the culture of the, the enterprise, of the, of the company, of, or your own personality. So you have to feel it. And again, recentering yourself is good, not only as a human being, but also for the company.
0: Yeah. So the question that keeps coming up for me is, how do we know, how do we define what's masculine and what's feminine? I know you, you said that there's research, but who's to
1: say where well, does that come is, from? Yeah, this is a very, very interesting question. And and it's a big debate because I don't like people putting labels on me and mm-hmm. I don't like to put labels on others, but we have to call a cat a cat. Okay. You have, <laughs> you have to agree. So again, I did a lot of research and it's okay. It's common agreement that some traits are more masculine, like being focused, decision making, being strong, and even physically already men are stronger physically. It's a fact, okay? We can find ways to be strong and we're strong other ways. But Mm -hmm. so an empathy, collaboration, intuition is more feminine. But what I did for each of these traits, I analyzed if really it was really feminine or masculine. For example, empathy. Empathy is proven that girls and women from the day they were born, they have more empathy. And it's proven, and, and I have the reference of, of uh, um, uh, books in, in, in my own book. And when I speak, uh, there is science behind that. Okay. So you have some biological thing that makes women and girls more empathetic. But for example, let's take nurturing. I don't have kids, but I'm very nurturing. When you Google nurturing and you Google g- nurturing images, as I did for my workshop, what do you get? Mother with kids. I'm sorry, this is not that. Nurturing is is not really feminine. It has been labeled feminine because, you know, women have kids and because men said that, okay, women are more nurturing. But it's not true. And actually there is science showing that when dads are in close contact with your newborns and so on, they have as much empathy as women. So it's really a question of exposure and a question of education and a question of upbringing. And yes, we have some predispositions in our brains that make us either a little bit more feminine or masculine and so on. But again, you can acquire any skill. Our brains can rewire themselves. This is wow. the beauty of that. Yeah, I know. And even when you age, for example, men have more gray matter than white matter. So gray matter is really the focused decision-making and calculating and something very, very specific. And the white matter is what helps us connect the dots and women use more white matter. So you see, you have all these differences, but again, you can train yourself to be to connect the dots better, be a better innovator by doing that. And the hmm. good news as we age <laughs> is that as we age, we lose the gray matter, we lose the speed, we lose a lot of things. However, we acquire more white matter and you use it more. So again, hmm. coming to inclusivity and diversity, which is another... Uh, of the feminine traits I selected, you need everybody in a team and you need young and old because we don't have the same take on an idea, on a project. And this is this diversity that brings value uh, to the innovation and to the final product.
0: Well, I've never really been in the corporate environment just for a couple of years at a certain point. I just have my images of the corporate environment. <laughs> and I feel like what you're talking about. Every big corporation needs to be thinking about this. If, if I mean, really, even if you just pick the very masculine thing of you know, bottom line, competitiveness, you're making money. And I've always said that. I always felt, for some reason, I had this instinct, even when I was in high school. Why are we leaving out so many people? We're We're shooting ourselves in the foot. We're shooting ourselves, like, why are we giving ourselves this handicap when when we don't have to? We want everybody. We want to hear female voices. We want to hear, you know, different from different marginalized, unfortunately, right? So many communities are marginalized in our society. Why are we not including them? It's hurting ourselves, hurting our progress. So it's just ridiculous that companies wouldn't do that more. But I know there are some, you probably know some corporations. Do you work with companies to help them with this? Is that something you do?
1: Yes. And and you have this entire movement of conscious capitalism and you have a lot of uh, companies who are taking that into account to your point that, yes, you need diversity, you need everybody at the table. And it's interesting what you say, because there is um, the opportunity project in the U.S. that Determine that, of course, you, innovation is driven again by men. You don't have enough women and diversity, also, mm-hmm. and, and younger people, and so on. And to achieve gender equality in innovation, will take 116 years. This mm-hmm. is ridiculous. So your point about cutting ourselves from half of the resources, and another good example, I, I close to my heart, I gave also in the book is the cybersecurity, which has been defined like a man's world. It's not. Because who is behind the computer is a hacker and a hacker is a human being. So mm-hmm. if you want to understand what the hacker is trying to do and, and undo what they are doing with like coding and so on, you need to have empathy. You need to have all these what, what they call soft skills. And actually, women are very good at cybersecurity because they bring something different to, to the party. And here again, we have more and more hackers. We know that cybersecurity is a huge thing, and we're cutting ourselves from all these resources because you have only about twenty percent of women in cybersecurity so you you're right. we are hurting the world and ourselves, but not allowing more people to have access to innovation and to have access to all this beautiful energy that you know will bring our world forward. Thank you for sharing that. I just think
0: it's so important, and it's something that. I imagine that many women are acutely aware of people of color who have been marginalized or younger people, right? We all know (laughs) that our voices should be part of the innovation, but I guess there is the, you know, incumbent powers that they are fearing that they're going to lose their power and all of that. So it's a tough one. But the thing is, again, if you speak their language, right? So if you are, let's say, a minority woman-owned business and you're killing it, right? You're out there, you're causing trouble for those big companies that are you know, run by predominantly white men. They have to pay attention. I can imagine that that's one way for us to accelerate this process. Did you say 116 years?
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. And am don't have time for that. And this is my mantra. This is why I'm so passionate about my mission. and and And, and all this is just like, and, and the kids also, um, based on the book, I'm creating now a video course uh, um, for teenagers to help them innovate their oh, future and the future right. of the world. I love that. Yeah. And I call it Smart Rebel, How to Innovate Your Future. And I, I'm passionate also about that because the, innovation is the future. Teenagers are the future of of the the world. So we have to help them know how to innovate, know how to use all their, and now they're far better than we were in terms of gender fluidity. They got it and it's great. But we have to encourage them because they cannot do it alone. It takes the entire village, you know, and the teenagers and the older people and everybody, the corporations, the governments, everybody to say, hey, no, it's time now. It's time to shift and make sure we have all the resources because there are enough resources on this earth, okay? Let's manage them Beautifully for everybody I know, oh, you're a visionary. So maybe, but if we, if we have, if we just sit here and complain and don't do anything, nothing will happen. It's right. time now. We're really at a fork in humanity where if we don't do anything, we're going to a big disaster. Yeah. So it's just like everybody at their own level can do something. And, and this is why I'm trying to help everybody, individuals, small businesses and big companies Think better. You know, I I know you're in the health business and especially losing weight. Okay. So losing weight, what is happening? It's very masculine and it's very logical. You cut calories, you run more, you will lose weight. Well, I would say there are other ways because this is not only what you eat, it's how you eat. Mm -hmm. By education, I never snack. I never snacked because we had you know our breakfast lunch dinner whatever the the meals that were you know balanced <laughs> in terms of everything we eat and so on and having vegetable and food and meat and everything in small in small quantities so this is another aspect the quantity more is like a fuel no food is fuel more is better no it's not So if you eat less, the smaller portions, you balance and you eat, you know, and and everybody is different. And maybe your metabolism asks for a lot of snacks. It's not the problem. But when you eat, eat mindfully. Savor Think about, you know, when you cook, we, I cook a lot with my husband because, you know, it's, it's the way we, 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 uh, we, uh, we were brought up and so on and we love it. When you cook, you go to the farmer's market or you go to the supermarket, you go everywhere. Somebody took the time to grow that food. Be grateful for that person. And then you bring that home and you cook and it's, it's a happy time. Usually, you know, I cook with my parents. I remember, it was happy time. And then when you sit, you sit, you don't eat in front of your computer. You don't eat, you know, on your sofa watching Netflix. So I know, I have nothing against Netflix, but you see what I mean. You eat at the table and this is a time of sharing, of nurturing, of savoring the food, the flavors and, 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 and having a good time together is social. And then when it's done, it's done. And you don't spend your afternoon snacking uh, on things because you had, you know, you were, you've reached satiety because you took the time to savor the food. So Mm -hmm. I'm not a nutritionist at all. Okay. This is just my own life and what I experienced. And uh, again, looking at food a different way, this is innovation.
0: Yeah. I, yeah. I love that. I think, I feel like I've been very innovative if I may say so myself. <laughs> yes. and I really want to explore more the concepts of masculinity and femininity in nutrition, in health, because the way that I've been describing it is it's very dichotomous, right? So it's, you're either on the diet or you're off the diet. And I think that's probably more masculine. I'm not sure you're either, you know, doing a good job or you're doing a bad job. You're either, it's very dichotomous. And I I think that life is actually occurs in the gray zones, not in the black and white zones. And so I, I think I've been innovative, at least as far as I know, in developing those concepts for our clients. So the way that you just described healthy eating I appreciate that so much. And I think mindfulness is so important. And there are a lot of people who have an unhealthy relationship with food. So they may be aware of these concepts, but they are unable to execute on them. Uh, Those are my clients, right? Mostly, right? People who, who are like, yeah, I know I should do mindful eating, but I just don't. Or I know I should nourish my body at a meal, but I don't know how. How do I do that? So that's where we come in so I wonder if, you know, those concepts, if we can look at those concepts and and sort of have a conversation around, is my relationship with food, is it more, you know, like you were talking about the balance, right, of masculine and feminine. I'm very curious about this. So I'm really going to look into it. I never really thought about it that way, but you're right. You know, counting calories, looking at the number on the scale, it's a very analytical Non empathetic.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Approach. You have to love yourself and where you are in your life. And so, and if you don't love yourself, you do something about it, but you don't, don't, the guilt. I hate that. I don't like I when people are out of guilt, out of, you know, no, it's just, okay, we're all on a journey and okay? we're not perfect being, you know, losing weight or this or that or doing better things or exercising. more, We know what is good for us, but we have also something very important is that we have to integrate it into our life. Uh I see people who eat like uh, pizza and beers and so on, and they, they spend their weekend on the trade meal. This is stupid. Why don't you... Eat better or less or anything if, and you if indulge, But then you walk, you, you, you create opportunities in your life to exercise and eat healthily. And it's not a question of money. We don't have money at home. But my mother would wake up at 5 a.m., go to the market and, you know, and buy things and come back and cook before going to work. and working. So it's not always a question of money. And mm-hmm. yes, it's easy to buy, you know, some processed foods because it's already, and it's, it's, it's cheap and so on, versus the the fresh fruit and so on. I appreciate that. But still, there are some ways. I think this is more an education. This is more a mindset. Yeah. And uh, yes, and I, I, I realized that eating healthy can be very expensive in, in, uh, in some instances. So there, there is also inequality there. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And well, there's the, I mean, compared to France, right, The 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 our whole system is set up to favor those processed foods. So they're cheaper, they're more accessible. I'm really intrigued by this idea of the feminine versus masculine, because I think what's happening is that most of these programs, these weight loss programs and these diet books are written by men from a much more a masculine perspective. And so we as women, my clients are pretty much all women, we're coming at it from a perspective that may not be as easy or as intuitive for us. And to bring in that, like you said, the self-love and the mindfulness and the appreciation, which I don't know if those are feminine qualities, but they seem a little bit more, I don't, love I'm sure is universal, but, you know, maybe just taking a step back and looking at what we're doing and saying, does this really match me? Is this something that's been imposed on me by this patriarchy, by this very masculine approach, which, by the way, is totally bottom line driven. About 10 years ago or so, one of a high executive from Weight Watchers was quoted as saying that I think it was 14.6% of the Weight Watchers customers were successful in losing weight and keeping it off. <laughs> so that's a whole nother thing. And it's like, well, this entire industry is, assumes that you probably will fail at dieting. So let's <laughs> let's just keep you on the treadmill, you know, dieting and, and losing weight and gaining it back. So uh, not to be, you know, bashing the masculine, but I think that over over emphasis on that masculine approach is part of the reason that so many women fail at
1: dieting. So called fail. No, right. yeah, no no i i thank you <sighs> uh, and no no but you said said it and and again it's a question of balance yes of course it's it's physical the calories and the intake and the number of uh, you know the the exercise amount uh, yes you have that but it's not again only that you have this overlay of empathy for yourself where you are in this journey for mm-hmm. some discipline but being gentle to yourself, not yeah. forcing yourself and say, oh, you cannot do that. Everything in moderation. You can have a little bit of ice cream, but don't gulp the entire thing. You know? <laughs> like, right. yeah, don't cook with, a, with the so greasy thing. Don't fry things, for example. Don't fry them. So you have, you, you have different habits that you can take, but also everything to me is around fun and pleasure. If you enjoy it, if you have fun. I remember cooking for me is fun. I cook with my husband or I cook alone or I cook with friends. When I was a kid, cooking was an experience. I was with my mother. We were discussing, blah, blah. I was learning. It's an experience. It's something you live together and you learn and you can experiment. It's very creative. Yeah,
0: yeah. And not everybody likes cooking, but I think the important thing is... No, no, but
1: for example, but even if you don't cook, you can pick things that are healthy healthier and that you like.
0: I think the empathy is really important, but also what I hear you're talking about is mostly about pursuing health first. Because if you if you do cook your food or you buy more whole foods, right, it can be very simple dishes. Then what you're really doing is taking the focus off of those numbers of calories yes. and the scale. And you're putting the focus on your overall health how you feel when you eat those foods, how you feel after you eat those foods. So it is more of that intuition. Yeah. And I wish that I could really, it's a very tough thing for people to hear. Yes. But if you focus on your health, you will lose weight if your body, if that's right for your body, right? It could take you years. Yeah. But you're focusing on the right thing instead of the thing that makes you unhappy. Oh, I can't lose weight. I can't lose
1: weight. I can't lose. It drives you cra- It drives people crazy. And and stress and stress is something that you know helps you gain weight, which is terrible. Right. So right. the more stressed you are, the more <laughs> weight you gain. And right. There is another aspect. No, there is another aspect about napping and sleeping and so on. Mm-hmm. People think that you know napping is for lazy people and for people who get no. Actually, when you sleep well, you lose weight. Okay, people don't get that. But it right. is true because our body, they regulate themselves, our bodies. They know yeah. sleep is the best, best cleaning engine for the brain and for the mm. body, eliminating yeah. the toxin and regulating everything. So sleeping well, not being, you know, on the screen or on, for, for uh, late in the night, having good sleeping conditions, trying to eat walk you know, take the bus and walk, and everything is the, with a car. So walk, just walk. This is so important. So there are some little things you can do, and and yes, it's not easy, and yes, it's not easy to change habits. But again, when you have, I agree with you, this bigger vision, which is health and well being, and being not well in your skin. And nobody is the same. You know, I put a lot of weight uh, through menopause and so on, but I like myself as I am because hey, you know what? this is who I am today. I feel good. I feel good. I may not look as good as I was in my twenties, but I don't care. This is not important. What is important is how I feel in this body. And if you feel good, if you feel beautiful, the others see you beautiful.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that. Oh my gosh. That's so beautiful. Thank you so much for saying that. I think we need more, more, much more of that Again, not easy for people to really, really, really feel that, but I'm pretty sure it's a practice, you know, for a lot of people, it will end up being something that you have to keep practicing. You're not going to be perfect at it, but if you can just wake up and say, you know, I'm 56 years old, I'm 67 years old, whatever it is, and this is how my body is right now. It's the reality and and yes, I can do things to improve my health and and keep moving forward, but at the same time, I'm going to choose to love myself exactly as I am right now because I am this way anyway, so I might as well love myself <laughs> you know? so that I think that's a wonderful end to a way to end this conversation, and I know there's so
1: much more. I feel like I could talk to you all day. <laughs> um, <laughs> No, I will have to interrupt to get my lunch and I don't have yes. lunch in front of my computer. <laughs> of course. So it's time for you to take lunch and it's time for us to
0: end this conversation and thank you for modeling good behavior, not eating lunch in front of the computer. <laughs> thank you so much for being with me today, Fabian.
1: No, thank you, Julie. It was a pleasure and I hope it was helpful. Well, I hope you enjoyed that
0: episode, that conversation that I had with Fabienne. I would like to tell you a little bit about Fabienne. Uh, She has a consultancy company. It's called Innovive because she's French and it just has to sound fabulous. Innovive, what a beautiful name, rolls right off the tongue. And through that work, she empowers organizations and individuals to recognize and value feminine and masculine traits associated with innovation and she does so much more than that check out fabienne her website is Innovive.com. and the link is in the show notes that's i-n-n-o-v-e-v-e.com and as we talked about in the episode she does have a book and the book is called venus genius the female prescription for innovation and it's on Audible now, so I'm definitely gonna get this book and listen to it. But uh, either way, I recommend checking it out. And, you know, learning more about all of this. This is, this is, a lot of this stuff was new for me and very fascinating. And I love how empowering it is to know that we can all be innovators and we can honor the masculine and feminine in, within ourselves. And uh, if you'd like to learn more about us, about work with your nature, wellness and weight loss check us out at winweightloss.com that's w-y-n weightloss.com we do have a blog so if you do forward slash blog you can get lots of articles and information inspiration to help you along in your beautiful unique wonderful health journey